Hey, I'm Will Lavise. He's Eric Claville. You're tuning into Lavise and Claville. We tell it to you straight the way it is from a black male's perspective. We're going to get right to it right now. And that is the cost of police misconduct. There have been several payouts in cities to families who have been the victims of police brutality. You've had Tamir Rice's family in Cleveland, $7.9 million. Freddie Gray in Baltimore, people will remember, $6.4 million. And most recently, $27 million for the family of George Floyd. Um, the family attorney, Benjamin Crump, said of the settlements, that it sends a powerful message that Black lives do matter and police brutality against people of color must end. But as, as true as that statement definitely is, you have to also wonder, Eric, is yeah. this sustainable? And is it really, truly justice? Yeah. Um, who is really actually, at the end of the day, making these payouts? Is, the, is it the police who have actually been the perpetrators of the violence and the brutality? Or is it the taxpayers of the cities in which these people live, including oftentimes the victims? Right. Well, we all, those numbers that you mentioned are absolutely staggering. I mean, we can go all the way back to Eric Garner over $5 million, Michael Brown, almost $2 million. And, you know, again, these are, these are, are, are millions of dollars that are coming out of the coffers of municipalities to pay for the misconduct, mm -hmm. the wrong of their police officers. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, we'll get into some more statistics and some more smaller municipalities of, of, of seeing what happens. Um, as it relates to uh, how damaging and devastating these payments can be to smaller uh, municipalities. But right. civilian payouts from uh, police misconduct, keep in mind, these put a major, major strain on uh, municipalities themselves. So for the most part, municipalities are saddled with these costs. Now, you do have insurance companies, and insurance companies have been a quiet player in helping to absorb, helping cities to absorb this cause. As a matter of fact, insurers, right. there's an article from NBC News that talks about how insurance companies have been helping uh, to absorb these costs and helping them to weather these costs of, of uh, police misconduct. Right. How, however, it's not enough. And one of the solutions that we're going to talk about in, in, at the end is we talk about how police officers being professionals, maybe they should shoulder some of these costs. Of their Absolutely. Lives. Absolutely. Just, just as lawyers, we carry E&O insurance. Doctors carry insurance. Uh, CPAs carry professional liability insurance. Truck drivers carry insurance. As car drivers, we have to carry insurance. That's as right. Drivers, we have to carry insurance. Absolutely. We have to shoulder the cost of our actions. But because of qualified immunity, because of, of, of cities carrying the cost of these, Police officers in many, many instances don't have to cover these costs. But the question becomes, Will, at what point is the breaking point? At what point do citizens say enough is enough? And where is this money coming from if they have to come out of the municipalities? Right. You can't shift a few dollars here and there. you got to shift major dollars. Well, that's one of the reasons why I said at the top, is this truly justice? Because... In our legal, what I often call the legal injustice system that we live under, it's 
the ones who have perpetrated the violence, perpetrated the crime, who have committed the injustice, will usually have to bear some responsibility to uh, make uh, repentance in some way to the people who have been victimized. And it's like in this scenario that we have set up, oftentimes, for example, I mentioned Tamir Rice, the police officer who rolled up on the scene and Tamir is playing in a park like oh. kids should be playing and shoots him because he thinks he has a gun, totally devastates the, the family. Think of all the people that's connected to him from families to friends that are connected to this precious life being snuffed out. That police officer didn't do any time for that. And in fact, so we have in a situation where in many of these cases, Freddie Gray, none of those police officers did any time for that or, or were found guilty for the no. brutality that was perpetrated upon him. So you have the city of Baltimore, the city of Cleveland, or just name the city where this has happened. It's its citizens who pay taxes, whose funds are being used to compensate the family. Not in any way saying the family shouldn't be compensated in some way for that tragic, devastating loss. But you're not putting the person who is at the center of creating a tragedy, they're not bearing any responsibility at all. And so look at, and, and I would love for you to talk about this when you talk about insurance and the dynamics of how all of this even works. The city gets its funds from the tax base. The taxes come from the citizens. The insurance companies, they're not just doing this out of benevolence. The insurance companies are in business to make money. So even though they are giving a policy and ensuring that there will be a payout on the policy, right. there are premiums that are being paid that go up so that the insurance money takes those premiums and goes and invests it to make money. This is not a benevolent thing. So as they make payouts, guess what? Those premiums are going to get hiked. That's right. So all of these funds are spread across all of these other people who did not engage in the brutality. Where is the police officer's responsibility and somehow being feeling this uh, the effects of the brutality that they committed in the first place. Exactly. Now, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that that aspect because, you know, one thing that we want that insurance companies are good at doing that's at assessing risk. Mm -hmm. And when you know that you have to pay certain premiums. You know, you don't take as many chances when you know that your behavior matters, right? Right. It, it, you know, when you have an open interstate or open highway, you, you want to hit it just one one good time to see how fast this thing can really go. You know, you're like, you know what? Maybe I should, right? Because I've got some, I got some responsibility or some skin right. in the game. So, you know, one idea of this is loss prevention. Now, again, this article that I'm referencing from, uh, uh, NBC News, U.S. Right. News, called The Hidden Hand That Uses Money to Reform Troubled Police Departments. You know, within the article, it talks about how, you know, insurers can help to foster police reform and because police reform is not about, uh, it's about money, not morality. Mm -hmm. In other words, you know, a liability insurer wants to prevent lawsuits. Exactly. You want to prevent lawsuits, just like 
an insurance company that insures drivers want to prevent accidents. So we, before you get your license, you know, a lot of times you have to take call, something called what? Driver's education. That's right. You know, as you take driver's education, that's to help you to stop or help you to prevent or see the danger right. of what your Because the goal for the insurance companies is to receive the premiums and not have to make the payout. Receive the premiums, invest the premiums in the market, make money off the premiums, that's and right. never have to make a pay. If you never have to make a payout, hey, that's just that's just gravy. That's the goal. So it, it, absolutely. As as a matter of fact, now let's look at an example from this article, which talks about a certain police department just south of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's called it's in it's the city of Maywood, which is. Uh, one mile south of Los Angeles. In this particular city, you know, it faced a lot of changes from the city council and uh, the state attorney general because, but in the Los Angeles Times, however, it was the insurance company then that had the last word. Here's why. 2010, this town is one square mile, Will, one square mile just south of Los Angeles. But in a five-year period, they had raked up almost over $17 million in five years of claims against that police department, okay? Over $17 million in a one-square-mile town. That's crazy. A major city, right? So what happened here is that the insurance company gave them a 20-step plan for performance improvement, right? Mm -hmm. They fail in order to help to control their climbing liability costs. Right. They failed to meet it. Therefore, the insurance company dropped. Yeah. And when they dropped them, then the city council had to disband and reorganize. I mean, disband the police department. The, uh, right. the police department. So, so in other words, they, they went to the source, to the those who were actually committing the problem and made them pay in the loss of jobs or the reorganization of jobs. So that's logical. It's like, of, of course. You're supposed to go to who's ever committing creating a problem should be the one that bears the responsibility for the problem. Well, it's only good fiscal and policy decisions for a municipality. Again, risk. You know, you're looking at the risk. Now, uh, the sheriff department for that county is actually responsible for patrolling that area and delivering mm-hmm. services. But you're talking about a small, a small police unit. One, one mile. Right. One square mile. We're not talking about a large city. You know, and and... We, when we take a look at this again, this isn't the it, this isn't the uh, silver bullet to stop police misconduct, but it's about accountability and something that you'll take a second thought to to, to, to think about. I'll give you another example that an article brings out. It talks about a city of Nyota, Tennessee, population mm. seven hundred. That the police department only has three officers, mm. but in twenty eleven, two officers, two of the three, ended up beating up a local motorist, according to an article, and they sue for $35 million, which wow. represents 75 times the city budget. Wow. Right? So what ends up happening is that, you know, what you have to look at what could happen. And looking at what could happen in this case, if I'm suing you for 35 times my budget, hmm. then there's, and, and there's, just because you're suing for it doesn't mean you're going to get it, right? right. So, but at the same time, just that, just the fear of having that piece of paper in front of you and the ability to go to court and sue on it, well, 
it's uh is is it could be devastating. It is. I mean, it's unsustainable. We're talking about unsustainable numbers, or we're at least talking about okay, we're going to keep up with the pace of this. The money has to come from somewhere. And so where is the money going to come from? And it, and then the other thing is just looking at the the justice system. Like you said, okay, go into court on this. Like I know a lot of cities, okay, the, the attorneys are already on salary oftentimes. So it's not necessarily an additional expense, but then oftentimes it is. Sometimes they have to, you know, there's overtime for an attorney too, or they have to actually get outside counsel because if your internal counsel is focused on this, there are other cases, other legal matters that need to be addressed that they can't put that same attention to. So it has a rippling effect. And so at some point it's, you know, how sustainable is this? And then how, how healthy is this for our society if right. the answer is, well, just cut a check? If the answer to everything is, well, just cut a check. Well, no. When are we going to get to what is at the root of the problem yeah. in the first place to avoid cutting a check, to avoid these expenses? Because, as you said, this is this is just at some point it's going to be unsustainable. Exactly. Now, Will, I want to also kind of close uh, close the circle on that story. Mm-hmm. So even though those cases were, uh, the criminal and the civil cases were dismissed, mm-hmm. what happened was the the risk insurer, because that the police department, like most, or in what we call a risk pool of mm-hmm. liability insurers, you got to have it, you know, cities have insurance. They were threatened with remove, either remove the officers or lose coverage. Hmm. So the insurance company wow. calls reform, and they had to basically replace those two officers. We'll remove them and replace them. Now, of course, though there was no major demonstration of a, a civil march. There was no major story that broke on this. There was no major legislation that was passed. There were no hearings in the state house. There were no hearings at the city council. They got a call from the insurance company. Wow. Lose coverage or lose the officers. Now, now look at the Pandora's box that that opens from a civil liberties, <laughs> from a civil aspect that now your insurance companies have the power to remove, you know, a peace officer. Do your insurance companies have that power? I mean, shouldn't that be something that a civilian review board should be engaged in? Shouldn't that be something where the people who, if these police officers are here to protect and serve the people and servants of the community, do you want an insurance company, a business, to have that much power to have that kind of impact? I'm yeah. like, yeah, you know, it. on one hand, somebody has got to do something because it's unsustainable. But then on another hand, that's, a, that's alarming that here you have a corporation, a company, can have that kind of power and say, you gotta, you, you gotta do something here, and, and just get people fired. That's that's a Pandora's box again. Yeah. That by by not addressing the root cause, that we end up opening all kinds of other scenarios that are problematic and never get us any closer to real justice. Absolutely, and and again, you know, keep in mind that eighty five percent, according to this article, of police departments are serve municipalities. 
under 25,000 people. Mm -hmm. So outside of major cities, you have smaller suburbs and smaller towns and townships and things of that nature. And most, if not all cities are in what we call a risk pool, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, keep in mind that what's happening is that these insurance companies, as you stated, are having the greater influence in very quietly shaping Mm -hmm. uh, police departments and how police and police protocols, you know, so they're policing the police through a risk pool analysis of insurance and costs. They're helping to eliminate risky protocols, ousting police chiefs, and also shutting down police departments, as I just pointed out in the story about Maywood, the city of Maywood, and how their city council uh, ended up disbanding them. But, but Will, there's also a downside, you know what I'm saying? So when you mentioned, uh, you know, how insurance companies are having uh, more power to, to do these things than 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 other citizen review boards, right. uh, other in other legal entities, you know, you have to think about it because it's it's it isn't easy. According to Article Two Police, you got attorney fees, you got legal doctrines, qualified immunity that protect governments and and things of that nature. Right. And suits can, of course, go for a very very long time. Now we are seeing in our um, and again that's according to this article. Uh, but we are seeing, according to what's happening with these high-profile killings, you know, there are settlements that are coming very fast. That's real, yeah. Very fast. So there, you know, we have high-profile killings that are pushing these, but we have these smaller cities, you know, that are taking, complicating the issue sometimes because there is no uh, attention to it, and it's drawing these things out to where maybe, uh, is just not worth it, or maybe people give up, or whatever the case may be. So we have to understand that it's not a silver bullet mm. uh, to solve the problem. There are some drawbacks to it, but it is becoming more and more reliable because police departments are saying, you know what, I can't have my insurance unless I stop doing X, Y, Z. It's right. just like your car insurance. You know, if if your teenagers are driving <laughs> in a way that are that's not uh, conducive to your budget for insurance coverage. The insurance, right. you know, you take the car away. Yeah, you, know, you get them a bus pass. You you become you know soccer dad, soccer mom again, and that's the same thing. The insurance company says, "Wait a minute, look, you got to stop doing X, Y, Z, or watch how you do these certain things." And I want to go back to the improvement plan. Keep in mind, the insurer for Maywood implemented. They just didn't say stop doing this, but they implemented a twenty point improvement plan right, right. that the city office, uh, police department failed to implement. So mm-hmm. they gave, so it's not like they're saying do this or, or else, but they gave them an opportunity to improve themselves and it just didn't happen. But then what happens when you get another insurance company that takes a different approach and you were mentioning, for example, having car insurance and mm-hmm. people in a city need to get a car insurance. Well, what if another insurance company takes an approach where they become the monopoly of even offering insurance in a city? People have to have their homes insured. People have to have their autos insured. You have these bundle packages. What happens if an insurance company can wield that much power and say, in order for us to insure your police We've got to also have this percentage of business in your city. Or we've got to own these zip codes in your city. Now, here you are, Joe Citizen, 
you've got a home, you've got a car, maybe you don't like one of these insurance companies, or maybe the, their pricing is too high. Where can you go? Can you go to another insurer and get your property, your car insured? If these kinds of things can happen, can be done, again, because insurance companies are in business to make money. So if you can have that kind of power and wield that kind of influence on the hiring and firing or the retaining, in this case, retaining of a police officer, what else might you be able to do? Right. You know the scenario I just outlined. That already exists in a lot of places where, look, there are only certain insurers that will even do business in a certain part of a city or in a city. And their rates are sky high compared to another part. So I'm not offering anything that's out of the realm of possibility. And these are the kind of dangers that we run into when we fail to really address what is the real core issue. The core issue is the police, their behavior, and being able to put in the proper restrictions, the proper punishments for that behavior so that we don't have to go to all of these other outside you know, alternative uh, solutions that could actually lead us down a very troublesome road. That's yeah, my concern. Absolutely. And Will, I'm going to give you two quick examples from this article, which actually points out and uh, uh, draws a real life instances to your concerns. One is a city in the state of Florida where you have insurance companies that did not demand changes and they actually paid out uh, various large payments mm -hmm. of 13, I think it was 11.5 million of a $13 million settlement where the officers were found liable mm -hmm. in a lawsuit for civil rights violations. Mm -hmm. uh, but that in the city is called the city of Lakewood. The insurer did not drop them from their pool. Now the city had to pay uh, right at 1.5 million because they only, the insurance company only paid 11.5. So the city had to come out of their budget for 1.5. Mm. But what happened was none of the officers were demanded to be, to change. Uh, several years after that, another $28 million claim from the same, some of the same officers mm. that actually killed the other gentleman uh, who re received a $13 million settlement. And there's a third case pending. But what happened is, None of those officers were demanded to change. They kept paying out X amount of settlements up to X amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. and, and none of them were actually disciplined at all, right? And then you go to another case where, you know, some insurers said you're too risky to insure. So yeah. in a city outside of D Detroit, Detroit suburb of uh, Inkster, according to the article, what happened was in that case, the insurance company paid up only settlements over X amount of millions of dollars. So if there was a settlement that was over two million, that's when they kick in. Right. You got to cover the first one point nine 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 million dollars. Right. Actually, I'm sorry. The first two million, they cover every penny and dollar after two million. So when you get a case where there was a settlement for one point four million, what happened? The suburb outside of Detroit. Had to pay one. Had to come up, yeah, before the kick it. And, and we know about that. Those of us have health health insurance, we know about we that. that we, we paying these premiums, and then all of a sudden, you got to go to the hospital. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I had to pay up to right the first. Did you pay your first twenty five hundred dollars? <laughs> Did you pay your first twenty five hundred dollars? No. Okay. <laughs> then you got to come out of pocket for this oh, surgery. 
Absolutely. You know, and again, if you're not planning for this in your budget, right? And I'm sure in a lot of these cities, they are making contingencies. Again, if you've got quality accountants, finance people, they make budgets with that kind of air in it to be able to absorb some of these costs. But you can't predict everything. And that makes your budget really, really tight. And ultimately, it it causes your city leaders to have to make some tough decisions about other areas of the budget. And again, that's where a lot of this call for defunding police is coming from. It's not saying eliminate, well, some people are saying eliminate police, but for the most part, it's saying spend the money on areas that would address the root causes and really um, fix some of the societal problems that we have that lead to people having these encounters with police. And also stop requiring police to be engaged in encounters with the public that they're not really trained for. Why not Why not train up or uh, put that funding into another sector of the society that can better address that so we don't continue to have these kinds of encounters that blow up in the loss of deaths, tragedies that end right. up in these kinds of major uh, yeah. payments that, again, they're opening Pandora boxes that, you know, long term, how is this sustainable? Right. And in this in this particular case, Will, you say city managers, they do. Uh, every city has a risk um, prevention, risk management and risk prevention uh, uh, department. Right. Unfortunately, for this case, because the area was so poor, one in three uh, residents live in poverty. They had to raise property tax. Wow. That's settlement. So what, what, so that the wake up call, according to the uh, police chief. In this article, he called another police chief out of a, uh, a black police chief in Alabama who came to not reform but transform. So mm-hmm. they started an ACAD police academy with scholarship, brought in five police officers out of 23 persons uh, in that police academy because you had a city that was three-fourths black being policed by a police force that's three-fourths white. Oh. And then you institute body cameras, community policing. Hello. That's an obvious problem. That's an obvious red flag. Right. So now crime drops by 25% hmm. just by doing these few things and engagement with incarcerated individuals, training and cultural awareness and mental health and things of that nature. I mean, you literally turned around by instituting good policies and common sense policies. Now you're no longer risky to ensure you are good, you know, you're an entity that individuals want to ensure because you have these stopgap measures and these good policies where you're training. So moving forward, you know, we talked about solutions. We got the cities of California. I mean, the state of California that's looking at mandatory professional liability insurance for California police. Uh, You have another several other states that have looked at this, well, cities that have looked at this as well. In light of the death of George Floyd and the actions of former officer, now convicted felon, Derek Chauvin, I think that this may be a viable solution so. as one solution right. to instituting uh, in order to have better policing and more community policing. Now, some legal scholars, according to this article that, I, that I'm looking at, uh, are giving, they said this is giving citizens greater power to sue police for misconduct. And holding says you're liable for that, for bad behavior. But, you know, they're saying that others see that this is not the case. 
actually, under this article, it was called missionlocal.org, uh, covering police, mandatory uh, professional liability insurance for police, lawmakers interested. Many believe that this is not giving individuals more power to sue, but rather is giving police departments more and an, of an incentive to implement these things that we just that they just did in Detroit. Right. Community policing, more engagement with the community, more police that look like the community policing them. Exactly. More cultural and mental health training to recognize these things. In other words, just like when I was in the military, uh, we were transitioning uh, to what's called a smarter military. Right. They wanted individuals that were more educated, individuals with uh, degrees and things of that nature, because the Army was not becoming what was old, what we call old leathernecks, the old Marines, but as we're coming, using more artificial intelligence, more technology and things of that nature. Right. And they wanted you to be able to not just be able to have brute strength, but they wanted you to have the mental, the educational capacity you know, to deal with these issues on the battlefield and leading up to it. And we see it now, you know, with cybersecurity and the attack on our right. on our gas lines and, and so forth. So I believe that this is a step in, in the right direction, a something that we need a national conversation over and possibly a national uh, insurance pool uh, to actually help to uh, 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 have risk that's distributed over the course, and not just one company or two companies, but a pool of risk uh, for uh, insurers and also police departments in order for us to now start having smart policing, smart policy. Yeah, and I think uh, anything, solutions that go to pinpointing who is most responsible for creating a problem is where we need to be. So if it's on the side of police, if you commit brutality, you should be bearing the responsibility yes. of that. Absolutely. Um, and I think all of the solutions that address at least start there, and it sounds like this is where we're going, is going to lead Absolutely. to a better outcome than what this, where we appear to be now, which yeah. is unsustainable. You, you can't justify how you're going to be able to sustain this long term. Absolutely. And Will, I'm really excited about looking towards solutions. Again, we're now pivoting towards solutions. We know what the problems are. What are the solutions? Yeah. So we want to thank you again for joining us for this uh, episode of LaVisa and Cavill, this very important conversation about police misconduct. What is the cost of it? What's the solution? How can we now improve our communities and police at the same time? Mm -hmm. If you like this episode, go to our social media at LaVisa and Cavill. Like, share, follow, and let us know what you think. Until next time, according to LaVisa and Cavill, that's the way we see it. And that's the way it is. See you next time.